Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. A Quiz of Ice and Fire Hello and welcome to Radio Westeros. I'm Lady Guinevere. And I'm Yoke Boy. Welcome to our fourth quiz of Ice and Fire. These quizzes are bonus episodes, meaning that there's no patron charge. This is just a quick way to have fun and for us to provide you listeners with some extra entertainment. And so a quick thank you to all of our patrons, without whom there wouldn't be bonus episodes. So thank you all for the support. And today the theme is Prophecy. These books are packed full of prophetic content from dreams to visions to ancient prophecies from Ashai. Yes, they are. And so today's quiz will delve into the world of prophecies and prophets. We have considered the questions very carefully to represent all corners of prophetic insights from a plethora of weird and wonderful characters. We really hope that you're going to have fun today whilst refreshing your memory on interesting trivia. Where possible, we're going to be avoiding actually trying to interpret prophecy today in order to keep the quiz factual and objective. But if you do want to hear our proper episode on prophecy, check out Radio Westeros episode 21. It is written in prophecy for over two hours of serious crackpot. Okay, so let's get started then. Grab your pens and pencils. We have 17 questions for you, and we'll ask them one by one, and then circle back and give you the answers at the end. If you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you can always let us know how you did there, or comment on our website or on YouTube, or look for our post on Reddit and comment there. Okay, so good luck, and let's begin with the first question. The stallion that mounts the world is an early prophecy appearing in A Game of Thrones. It's an ancient one and is presented to us via a crone of the Dosh Kaleen after she attempts to read the future. Our question is, what do the Dosh Kaleen do in order to read the future? What is their method? So what is the method of the Dosh Kaleen? I have to admit, I found this one pretty difficult going all the way back to a Game of Thrones for this detail. And now question two. Melisandre is a red priestess who is trained in a shy. She's heavily involved in prophecy, at once showing both ability and fallibility in her art. Our question is, what is the first thing Melisandre always looks for in her flame readings? 
Yeah, so how many of you can get this one? What is the first thing that Mel looks for when she's reading her prophetic flames? Okay, so on to question three. Jojen Reed is another prophetic character. His talents seem wholly innate as he is gifted, or maybe cursed, with prophetic green dreams. In A Clash of Kings, he reveals a special dream he's had to Bran, which involves a three-eyed crow. The dream is of a wolf chained to earth. But there's something unusual about this wolf in the dream. What is it? Okay, so what is unusual about the wolf in Jojen Reed's dream? Now question four. Thoris of Mir is another priest following the red god Velour, and he has a flame vision in A Storm of Swords. He says, An island in a sea of fire, it seemed. The flames were leaping lions with long crimson claws, and how they roared. A sea of Lannisters, my lady. Then he says, a castle will come under attack. So which castle is it that he mentions? Yeah, so it seems like an attack on a castle. Which castle does Thoros mention after this prophetic reading? Okay, and on to question five. Let's talk about Quaithe. She is one of the most mysterious characters in the entire series. There's no doubt about that. With fans debating who she could be and what her cryptic messages to Daenerys might mean. In A Dance with Dragons, she lists several important people on their way to Danny, at that point at least, using imagery and symbolism. These include the Sun Sun and the Dark Flame, and Danny's told to trust none of them. But there's only one on the list that she warns Danny to beware of. So, whose cryptic title is prefaced with Beware by Quaithe there? Okay, I'm sure we all love to try to figure out what Quaithe is talking about. She is always extremely cryptic. But who is it that Danny is told to beware of? And now, question six. Azora High is a legendary figure from ages of old who is said to have carried a flaming sword and driven darkness away. With darkness gathering once more, there are those, particularly of the Red Faith, who prophesize Azora High being reborn. It is written in prophecy that Azora High will be reborn amidst what? And we're looking for two words or things here. Yes, so Azora High will be reborn amidst what and half a point for these two things if you could remember them okay so question seven in a clash of kings daenerys visits the house of the undying and so follows the largest richest sequence of prophecies in the books the visions are triggered by the consumption of a rather curious and distinctive liquid for half a point each, name this liquid and its colour. And the colour is unusual for a drink, so there's a clue. Okay, so the name of the liquid and its colour. Now on to question eight. A woods witch in years gone by seems to have had a huge impact on the Targaryen family when she prophesied about the prince that was promised. 
In our opinion, and many of fans' opinions, this Woods Witch is the ghost of High Heart. But our question is, who originally brought her to court? It was a highly unorthodox move, but it gave her the platform with which to convey her insights into the prophecy about this promised prince. Yes, yeah, so who brought the Woods Witch to court to perhaps inadvertently change the course of history in Westeros? Okay, and on to question nine. Jon Snow has a vivid image, uh, it's a really strange dream in A Dance with Dragons, which, although unconfirmed, might turn out to be prophetic. In this dream, John is on the wall with the wildlings attacking, who turn out to be dead, and John tries to throw them back the best he can. In his hand is a burning red blade, bringing to mind Lightbringer from the legend. To add to this, John is wearing some very distinctive armour. Our question is, how is this armour described? And we're looking for two words, a colour and a substance. Okay, so the description of John's armor in his dream in A Dance with Dragons. Two words there. And now question 10. In A Feast for Crows, we learned that Cersei and her deceased friend Milara Heatherspoon visited a blood mage to try and ascertain their futures. After befuddling Cersei with unexpected answers that seemed to make no sense at the time, and laying down the famous Valonqar prophecy, it was Malara's turn. What was the one question Malara asked the yellow-eyed Maggie the Frog? Yes, so Cersei got some strange answers, and then it was Malara's turn. Just, just the one question. What was it? And on to question number 11. In A Dance with Dragons, Melisandre reveals her reservations about one particular character. She says this, That creature is dangerous. Many a time I have glimpsed him in my flames. Sometimes there are skulls about him, and his lips are red with blood. So, which character is Mel talking about here? Okay, so which character Mel thinks is very dangerous? And now question 12 is, in A Game of Thrones, Miri Mazdor seems to taunt Danny by telling her when she will carry a child. The fandom is divided on whether this was a prophecy or just a poetic way of saying never. In this supposed, maybe, could be, perhaps, perhaps not, prophecy, what does Miri say will blow in the wind like leaves? Yeah, prophecy or not, what does Miri say is going to blow in the wind like leaves? And on to question 13, another prophetic character now, Makoro. He is a red priest who has very advanced flame reading abilities, it seems. High Priest Bonero sends him to aid Danny, and this guy is huge, he's got this barrel belly, and he's got pitch black skin. Out at sea, Tyrion asks him about his visions, of which he does have several, including one individual he says he sees most of all. Makoro describes him as 
A tall and twisted thing with one black eye and ten long arms, sailing on a sea of what? Okay, so a very menacing sounding character there, sailing on a sea of what? Now, 14 is in the House of the Undying. Danny sees a man who looks somewhat like Viserys with a woman, a newborn babe, and a harp. George has confirmed this to be Rhaegar, Elia, and baby Aegon. In the vision, Elia asks Rhaegar if he has a song for Aegon. Rhaegar replies that he is the prince that was promised, and his is what song? Yeah, this is a major vision, isn't it? He is the prince that was promised, and his is what song? See if you know that one. Okay, and question number 15. In A Dance of Dragons, Patchface tells one of his bizarre riddles. He says that under the sea, all serving men are crabs, and that the mermen feast on what? Okay, so the mermen feast on what? And of course, people love to speculate about the symbolism of all of Patchface's bizarre prophecies or riddles, uh, this one in particular. Okay, and on to question 16, which is another Melisandre prophecy. She does have a good number of them throughout the books. But in A Dance with Dragons, she looks into her hearth and sees a boy with a wolf's face, throwing back his head and howling. Beside the boy is a corpse-white character, next to whom Mel sees how many eyes floating above the fire. Okay, so it's time for the final question now, and one which does raise an interesting meta-conversation for all the readers like us who are scrambling to unravel these prophecies in A Song of Ice and Fire. In the final chapter of A Feast for Crows, Samwell meets Marwyn, who seems like no stranger to prophecy. He says that they can be so tricky that Gorgon of Old Gis once wrote that prophecy will what every time. Okay, so it's going to be a very cynical view of prophecy, the answer there. Prophecy will what every time. And now that was our final question. So we're going to loop back to the beginning and give you your answers right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
So now for the answers. We're back at question one, which had to do with the Dosh Kaleen in Ves Dothrak. They make prophecies about the future. And the question was, what is their method of reading the future? And the answer is, they look into the smoke to read the future. Yeah, that's right. Here's a quote. Carl Drogo laid his hand on Danny's arm. She could feel the tension in his fingers. Even a Karl as mighty as Drogo could know fear when the Dosh Kaleen peered into smoke of the future. Okay, and I'll just quickly read the stallion that mounts the world prophecy as the crone tells it right there in Vaistothrak. As swift as the wind he rides, and behind him his Kalasar covers the earth, men without number, with a rucks shining in their hands like blades of razor grass. Fierce as a storm this prince will be, his enemies will tremble before him, and their wives will weep tears of blood and rend their flesh in grief. The bells in his hair will sing his coming, and the milkmen in the stone tents will fear his name. The old woman trembled and looked at Danny, almost as if she were afraid. The prince is riding, and he shall be the stallion who mounts the world. Okay, so... That is an important prophecy, obviously, in Dothraki culture. And on to question number two, which was about Mel reading the flames. And we asked, what is the first thing that Mel looks for every time she reads the flames? And the answer is she looks for danger to her own person. Yeah, in A Dance with Dragons, we gain Melisandre's point of view. And in a scene where... Mance, glamoured to be Rattleshirt, uh, draws a dagger in her chamber. We have this passage. Melisandre paid the naked steel no mind. If the wildling had meant her harm, she would have seen it in her flames. Danger to her own person was the first thing she had learned to see back when she was still half a child, a slave girl bound for life to the great red temple. It was still the first thing she looked for whenever she gazed into a fire. Yeah, so there you have it. The first thing she looks for. I expect some of you might have put Stannis or Azura High, but it was in fact the danger to herself. And presumably how she figured out that Davos was after her earlier in the books. Okay, and now the answer for question three. This was about Jojen Reed. And he has this dream of a wolf chained to earth. But we said there was something unusual, distinctive about this wolf. And the answer is that the wolf had wings. It was a winged wolf. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jojen tells Bran, I dreamed of a winged wolf bound to earth with grey stone chains. It was a green dream, so I knew it was true. A crow was trying to peck through the chains, but the stone was too hard and his beak could only chip at them. And then Bran asks, did the crow have three eyes? And says Jojen nodded. Okay, so question four now was Thoris of Mir seeing a vision of his own in the flames. He saw an island in a sea of fire and flames that were leaping lions. And it was a sea of Lannisters, he says. A castle will come under attack. And the castle that he mentions is River Run. 
Yeah, it's the Siege of Riverrun. Here's the full passage. The red priest squatted down beside her. My lady, he said, the Lord granted me a view of Riverrun. An island in a sea of fire, it seemed. The flames were leaping lions with long crimson claws, and how they roared. A sea of Lannisters, my lady. Riverrun will soon come under attack. And that's the passage from A Storm of Swords. Okay, and on to question five. We were talking about Quaith. And there was one person in Quaith's long cryptic list of characters that Danny was warned specifically to beware of. So what was that cryptic title? Beware the perfumed seneschal. Yeah, and here is the passage. As we said, we know people love to speculate about the identity of all the people she mentions in this passage. No, hear me, Daenerys Targaryen. The glass candles are burning. Soon comes the pale mare, and after her the others. Kraken in dark flame, lion in griffin, the sun's son and the mummer's dragon. Trust none of them. Remember the undying. Beware the perfumed seneschal. And of course, Danny thinks this is Resnak Mo Resnak, but the fandom has other ideas and have suggested things such as Varys or the Selasori Koran, which is the trading vessel that's carrying Tyrion Lannister into Slaver's Bay. Uh, and even such out-of-the-box ideas as Garth Tyrell or a couple of people from the Citadel either of whom could have possibly fit the description. So there it is. Take your pick. Maybe you have an idea of your own. And on to the answer to question six, which was about Azor Ahai. And according to the prophecy, Azor Ahai will be reborn amidst what? We were looking for two words, and they those words are salt and smoke. Yeah, that's a fairly common one for discussion among the fandom. Everyone's talking about this salt and smoke and what it might mean. And we first hear this prophecy in Clash from Mel. Here it is. In ancient books of Ashai, it is written that there will come a day after a long summer when the stars bleed and the cold breath of darkness falls heavy on the world. In this dread hour, a warrior shall draw from the fire a burning sword, and that sword shall be Lightbringer, the red sword of heroes, and he who clasps it shall be Azor Ahai come again, and the darkness shall flee before him. Okay, and it's in the second mention of this prophecy where we actually get the salt and smoke. This is in Storm. When the red star bleeds and the darkness gathers, Azor Ahai shall be born again amidst salt and smoke. Okay, so that's our little mini look at the Azor Ahai prophecy. And on to the answer for question seven. We asked about Danny in the House of the Undying. What was she drinking that was triggering these amazing visions that she was having? And the answer is Shade of the Evening for half a point. And the colour of the shade of the evening, for the other half a point, is blue. Yeah, the blue shade of the evening is made from the inky blue leaves that grow on the black bark trees around the House of the Undying. Uh, the consumption of this liquid does turn your lips blue, and we see that in the warlocks there, and also probably significantly coming up in the Winds of Winter in Euron Greyjoy. 
And on to the answer to question eight, which had to do with the woods witch who had a huge impact on the Targaryen family when she prophesied that the prince that was promised would be born from Aerys and Rhaella's line. Who was it who brought the woods witch to court during the reign of Aegon V? That was Jenny of Oldstones. Yeah, that's right, Jenny of Oldstones. Here's Baristan in dance. Your grandsire commanded it. A woods witch had told him that the prince that was promised would be born of their line. A woods witch? Danny was astonished. She came to court with Jenny of Oldstones, a stunted thing grotesque to look upon. A dwarf, most people said, though dear to Lady Jenny, who always claimed that she was one of the children of the forest. And it's worth mentioning that when we do meet the ghost of High Heart in Storm, that she requests Jenny's song as a payment for her vision with the Brotherhood Without Banners. Okay, question nine, the answer. Jon Snow was the subject of this one. We asked what two words described his unusual armour in his dream from A Dance with Dragons. We asked for a colour and a substance. And the answer was black ice. So half a point for each of those. Yeah, and here's an excerpt from John's dream. He stood atop the wall alone. Flame, he cried, feed them flame. But there was no one to pay heed. They are all gone. They have abandoned me. Burning shafts hissed upward, trailing tongues of fire. Scarecrow brothers tumbled down, black cloaks ablaze. Snow, an eagle cried, as foemen scuttled up the ice like spiders. John was armored in black ice, but his blade burned red in his fist. As the dead men reached the top of the wall, he sent them down to die again. And incidentally, if this does turn out to be a prophetic dream, John could have either green dreaming capabilities or dragon dream potential, if RLJ is true, both of which are prophetic sources, and no, dragon dreams do not necessarily have to contain actual dragons. And now question 10 was to do with Maggie the Frog, and our question specifically was, what was Malara Heatherspoon's one question to Maggie, and the answer is, will I marry Jamie? <laughs> yes, you really want to know. I'm sure that pleased Cersei. Here is an excerpt. You stupid girl, the Queen thought, angry even now. Jamie does not even know you are alive. Back then her brother lived only for swords and dogs and horses, and for her, his twin. Not Jamie, nor any other man, said Maggie. Worms will have your maidenhead. Your death is here tonight, little one. Can you smell her breath? She is very close. And this all, of course, feeds into the pretty solid idea that Cersei was in fact the one to kill Malara, who found herself at the bottom of a well somehow. And on to... The answer for question 11. This was about Melisandre and her reservations about a certain character. That creature is dangerous. Many a times I've glimpsed him in my flames. Sometimes there are skulls all about him and his lips are red with blood. 
And the answer is Patchface. Yes, Patchface, who also seems to be a prophetic character after his bizarre drowning, not drowning, and who's now the entertainer to the Princess Shireen, uh, fitting as he does the wise fool trope used by many authors down through the ages, most notably Mr. William Shakespeare. Okay, so the answer now to question 12, which had to do with the words of Miri Mazdor to Danny about whether she would or when she would bear a child, uh, whether or not this is prophecy, as we said, is fairly divisive in the fandom. But her question was more to do with Miri's words. What does she say will blow in the wind like leaves? The answer is mountains. Yes, so that has fans theorising. Left, right and centre, it's mountains. Here we go. When the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, said Miri Mazda. When the seas go dry and the mountains blow in the winds like leaves. When your womb quickens again and you bear a living child. Then he will return and not before. And she's talking about Drogo, of course. So, on to question number 13. That one was about Makoro. And he's talking about a vision of a tall and twisted thing with one black eye and ten long arms sailing on a sea of what? And the answer is sailing on a sea of blood. Okay, so Sailing on a Sea of Blood, and if you listeners haven't checked out the new Aaron Greyjoy Winds of Winter chapter that was read at Balticon last year, it's been transcribed by fans, uh, do check it out because there does seem to be a connection here. And question 14 had to do with the vision Danny had of Rhaegar, Elia, and Baby Aegon in the House of the Undying. Rhaegar, uh, when asked by Elia if he was going to make a song for Aegon, replied that he was the prince that was promised, and his is the Song of Ice and Fire. Yes, the Song of Ice and Fire, the name of the books. So here's the passage. Viserys was her first thought the next time she paused, but a second glance told her otherwise. The man had her brother's hair, but he was taller, and his eyes were a dark indigo rather than lilac. Aegon, he said to a woman, nursing a newborn babe in a great wooden bed. What better name for a king? Will you make a song for him? the woman asked. He has a song, the man replied. He is the prince that was promised, and his is the song of ice and fire. He looked up when he said it, and his eyes met Danny's, and it seemed as if he saw her standing there beyond the door. There must be one more, he said, though whether he was speaking to her or the woman in the bed, she could not say. The dragon has three heads. He went to the window seat, picked up a harp, and ran his fingers lightly over its silvery strings. Sweet sadness filled the room as man and wife and babe faded like the morning mist. Only the music lingering behind to speed her on her way. So, that scene is hugely interesting. 
And the only time the Song of Ice and Fire is actually mentioned, and the only exceptions being two times that Danny mentions it, but in regards to this vision that she saw. So this is certainly a vision that you want to pay close attention to. It's worth remembering that Rhaegar first seemed to think he himself was the prince that was promised. Then he thought it was baby Aegon. Now, could there have been a third candidate for Rhaegar when he took a shine to Lyanna? We hope the winds of winter will divulge much of this and more. Okay, so now it's question 15 with Patchface. Under the sea, all serving men are crabs and mermen are feasting on what? And the answer is starfish soup. Yeah, so starfish soup, and it's really not clear what he meant by that, although we did have some speculation about it in our 21st episode. It is written in prophecy, so if you want to hear more about Patchface and many other prophecies, don't forget to check that one out. And question 16 had to do with Melisandre looking into her flames and seeing a boy with a wolf's face howling. And next to him is a bone white character with how many eyes floating above his head. And the answer is a thousand eyes. Yes, a thousand eyes. And we're going to accept a thousand eyes and one as an answer too, because it's widely accepted to be alluding to Bloodraven here, who was said to have a thousand eyes and one in regard to his network of spies. Okay, so number 17, this is the final answer. And it was about something that Marwyn said about prophecy. He'd heard Gorgon of Old Gis say that prophecy will what every time. It's quite an iconic line from A Feast for Crows, I think. Certainly, if you're interested in prophecy, this one should have stuck with you. The answer is that prophecy will bite your prick off every time. And we're going to accept bite your cock off or anything close to that. That's acceptable. Okay, and we're going to have the whole passage here from Marwyn, which seems like an appropriate way to end this quiz about prophecy. Born amidst salt and smoke, beneath a bleeding star, I know the prophecy. Marwyn turned his head and spat a gob of red phlegm onto the floor. Not that I would trust it. Gorgon of old Gis once wrote that a prophecy is like a treacherous woman. She takes your member in her mouth, and you moan with the pleasure of it and think, how sweet, how fine, how good this is. And then her teeth snap shut, and your moans turn to screams. That is the nature of prophecy, said Gorgon. Prophecy will bite your prick off every time. He chewed a bit. Still... Yes, so it's a really entertaining passage about prophecy and a warning to the reader not to get on your high horse if you think you've interpreted a prophecy correctly it might come to figuratively bite your prick off okay so we really hope you enjoyed this episode of radio westeros this bonus episode i hope that you've learned a few things along the way and feel free to shoot us your scores on any of our social media or YouTube or Reddit or wherever you can get to us because we like to know how you've done.
Okay, so thanks very much for playing, and we'll see you next time with another episode of Ready. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Westeros.